everyone. Welcome to the podcast of the Vineyard Church, Chester Springs. We invite you to join our mission to love like Jesus, and you can connect with us on social media or visit our website, csvineyard.org. As we reflect on God, Jesus as the good shepherd, who loves us and, and wants to just grab us and hold us and be tender, as we reflect on that, we're going to take a journey today, digging in to see more about the character of God, who is God. And so grab your Bibles. If you didn't happen to bring one, there are a bunch in the back, and I encourage you, walk back there, grab an NLT Bible, New Living Translation, and open with me this morning to Exodus chapter 34. Here we are going to meet Moses and Moses having an interaction with God, a very powerful time of being in the presence of God. So Exodus 34, if you're using your NLT, it's page 95. I'm just going to read verse 5, 6, and 7 to begin with. Then the Lord came down in a cloud and stood there with him, Moses. And he called out his own name, Yahweh. The Lord passed in front of Moses, calling out, Yahweh, Yahweh, the God of compassion and mercy. I am slow to anger and filled with unfailing love and faithfulness. I lavish unfailing love to a thousand generations. I forgive iniquity, rebellion, and sin, but I do not excuse the guilty. I lay the sins of the parents upon their children and grandchildren. The entire family is affected, even children in the third and fourth generations. As Amos mentioned, we're in a series of watching videos from Bible Project, and we are going to watch one right now just to jump right in and see more about the character of God. So enjoy this video. You can watch the rest of the videos. Each video will go into each of those words, and it is really fascinating. You can see those. Um, you can look it up online. You can also sign up for daily reflections through our website. Go to the events page, um, and then during the week, you'll get those videos sent to you. So can we know God? Can we know him? Yes. Obviously, he's telling us who he is. But one thing I want to talk about first, can we know God, is this word know. To know God, knowing him intellectually with our minds and knowing him with our hearts experientially are two different things. Moses actually draws this out for us. If you just back up, a little bit in the chapter. So if you still have your Bible open, if you look back at chapter 33, verse 13, Moses is talking with God and he's saying to God, if it's true that you look favorably on me, let me know your ways. This is this kind of knowledge, right? Teach me, God. I want to know who you are up here in my head. I want to know your ways. And then he says, so I may understand you more fully and continue to enjoy your favor. 
So Moses is asking for more, though, than just this head knowledge, right? God, I do want to know you up here. I want to know that you exist and, and to know about you. I want you to teach me, but I want to know you here in my heart, right? I've heard it said it can be like the longest 12 inches from your head to your heart. And here Moses is saying, I want to enjoy your favor. And he's asking also, if you, if you continue down, he'll ask God in, in verse 18, well, show me your glorious presence. I, I want to feel you, not just know you here, God, but show me your presence. And God does it, right? Of course, no one can see God's face. So sweet God, he um, covers Moses, right? He protects Moses from seeing his face and allows him only to feel his goodness as he passes by, but not to see his face um, and to feel the compassion and the love and the tenderness of God. So I do encourage you to read chapter 33 on your own. I don't have time to get into it because I want to answer two more questions for us today. So yes, we can know God up here. We can know him also in our hearts. We can experience him. And the other two questions we're going to look at then is how. How can we know the character of God? And finally, what distracts us? What keeps us from knowing who God is and from experiencing his presence? That's where we're headed this morning. So God in his goodness, he actually says who he is and he tells us what his character is like. And what we're going to do this morning then, this is going to be really fun, is we're going to take this passage and these five words and we're going to look at them in a parallel passage or in a comparison to Isaiah 40. So if you have your Bibles, if you want to keep your finger in Exodus 34, you can. You don't have to. We'll spend a lot of time in Isaiah 40. That is on page 738. Um, and you'll see up on the screen, you'll have some help to get you through it. Before I show you the parallel, though, one thing I want to address just real quickly is the name that God gives himself. This is his personal name, right? So my name is Emily. It means industrious one. If you know me, fits me to a T. I cannot stop working. It's really bad, really bad. Um, but it's my name just, it, it tells who I am. But my title is mom. I'm a mom. I have three kids. Oh, and wife. Wife, love you too. Uh, <laughs> that wasn't nice. I'm a wife and a mom uh, and a pastor. Those are titles, right? But that's not who I am. I am Emily. There's something sweet about your own name, not your title, right? So God is his title, but his name is Yahweh. Doesn't that sound like the wind? Yahweh. I love it. I love saying it. Now, honestly, I'll give you a little bit of history. I can give you a six-week lesson on this word Yahweh, but I don't have time. Bummer. The short version is they didn't say this name out loud because God had told them, do not take my name in vain. And so their sweet hearts were like, well, then I'm not going to say it at all because what if I take it in vain and I don't mean to? And they just really, really wanted to obey God. So they didn't say it. And this has just traveled on, on and on and on through time. And so even in our Bibles, you do see the word Yahweh here in verse 6. But right next to Yahweh, do you see the Lord with the capital letters? That's actually Yahweh is written there in the original script. But they changed Yahweh to the Lord. So even way, way, way back in time, instead of saying Yahweh, they would say Adonai, 
which means Lord, master. It doesn't fully encompass, though, what Yahweh actually means comes from the verb to exist. What it means is God always existed, does exist now, will always exist. Also that he caused all things to exist. His name Yahweh is much deeper than Adonai. But just to be careful, they didn't want to pronounce it. They substituted this word Lord. So anytime you are reading your Bible and you see Lord in caps, you can think in your mind, Yahweh. Let's do our parallel work now. It's really fun. So who does God say he is? What is his character, right? He says, I am a God of compassion. If you look over at Isaiah 40, we're going to see some compassion come out. We're going to see all five of the attributes come out. I'll give you a little bit of background on Isaiah here before we, I show you the comparisons. What's happening here is Isaiah is a man 700 years before Jesus. He's talking to the people of Jerusalem and Judah. They got all tripped up with the people of their land who were doing evil things. And they started to do the evil. And so God was saying, no, 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 no. C come back to me. Come back to me. And he used Isaiah to do that. So Isaiah is saying to the people, please stop doing evil. Come back to me. Um, and this goes on. I'll tell you how long in a moment um, for a long time. And finally, God is like, oh, I'm going to have to punish them. Right? And so this is a, a place where God is explaining, I will punish you, but I will then have compassion on you. So I'll read Isaiah 40 verses 1 to 11 for you, and then I will show you the parallels between all five characters of God, characteristics of God, and how they, they compare here. So Isaiah says um, the words uh, of God to his people, comfort, comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem. Tell her that her sad days are gone and her sins are pardoned. Yes, Yahweh has punished her twice over for all her sins. Listen, it's the voice of someone shouting, clear the way through the wilderness for Yahweh. Make a straight highway through the wasteland for our God. Fill in the valleys and level the mountains and hills. Straighten the curves and smooth out the rough places. Then the glory of Yahweh will be revealed and all people will see it together. Yahweh has spoken. A voice said, shout. I asked, what should I shout? Shout that people are like the grass. Their beauty fades as quickly as the flowers in a field. The grass withers and the flowers fade beneath the breath of Yahweh, and so it is with people. The grass withers and the flowers fade, but the word of our God stands forever. O oh, Zion, messenger of good news, shout from the mountaintops. Shout it louder, O oh, Jerusalem, shout, and do not be afraid. Tell the towns of Judah, your God is coming. Yes, sovereign Yahweh is coming in power. He will rule with a powerful arm. See, he brings his reward with him as he comes. He will feed his flock like a shepherd. He will carry the lambs in his arms, holding them close to his heart. He will gently lead the mother sheep with their young. God, God is compassionate. We can see this in verse 11, this compassion that a shepherd has for his sheep. 
Also the compassion that a mother has for her young. This is how God is. I know I've had a hard time seeing God's compassion. I often see him as just more angry and scary, right? But he is deeply compassionate. Now, as I was reading Isaiah 40 to you, I wonder if you were thinking of of a person. As you're reading this, this is a prophecy that Isaiah gives for his people at that time, but it is also prophetic of Jesus. This passage points to Jesus. So if you go to John chapter 10, you will see Jesus explaining that he is the good shepherd, right? This also points to Jesus, the character of God, the character of Jesus. The next word that God says of himself is that he's merciful and he's gracious, So if we look here at Isaiah 40, verse 2, we can see an example of God's mercy. He says, tell her that her sad days are gone and her sins are pardoned. God is gracious. He forgives sin. He does. And that's why he sends Jesus to forgive our sins. After that, God says, I am slow to anger. I got to be honest, this is probably one of my favorites. And I did a little math. This was really cool. I don't know if I did the math right. I'm not like super great at math. But um, I decided like, well, how long did Isaiah talk to these people before God actually punishes them? And it's not actually just Isaiah who talks to them. It's also Jeremiah next. So this conversation from God to the people, please come back to me. Please come back to me. Return to me. Do you know how long that goes on? About 206 years. I I can't make it through a day without yelling at my children. I I do not know how God went 206 years. I could be wrong about the math, but that's got to be close. It's definitely more than 100 years of patience. Isn't that crazy? I've read my Bible a million times, and I didn't realize just quite how incredibly slow to anger. He is. It takes a lot to annoy him. I think. Yeah. I need to work on that, but anyway. Um, Slow to anger. He's slow to anger. So looking at verse one to two, this is why he, you can just see his patience. Comfort, comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem. He's not angry. He's not yelling at them, right? He can get angry for sure, but he can't sin in his anger. There's no sin in God. He's incredibly patient. Next, he says that he is overflowing with loyal love. This is a fun one, too. If you look at verse 8, it says, The word of our God stands forever, forever. Now, here, it definitely means I'm sure that whatever God says, it goes forever. He, he never changes. His word is always good. If he says it, he will do it. But interesting here, the word word, logos, is also used in John chapter 1. Do you remember where Jesus um, is 
compared to the word. It says, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God, and the word became flesh, and he made his dwelling among us. They're talking about Jesus. So it's just an interesting connection that Jesus, who is God in a human form, Jesus, who is God, who is absolute love, they are that forever. Jesus, God, stand forever. Unfailing love. They cannot be anything more than love or anything different. Finally, God says he is faithful. We see that in verse 10, where it says, yes, the sovereign Lord, he's coming in power. He'll rule with a powerful arm. He brings his reward with him as he comes. He is a faithful God. He is. Now, as I said before, this passage points us to Jesus. Jesus is the greatest way to know the character of God. You can read all about Jesus and know this is who God is. This is his character. Now, I also did something fun where I asked our vineyard kids, who do they think? God is? What, what is God like to you? And this is awesome. You're going to love it. Um, and I want to share it with you because I felt like after I was all done asking them that it just sounded like Jesus to me. Like they were describing Jesus to me. Who is God? But I just thought it was interesting because I really thought they were going to say, he is mean and scary and he yells and does it, you know, none, none of that. So this is what they said. I think it'll show up on the screen. But they said God is kind. That was the most frequently used word. I got that over and over. God is kind. God is kind, which just like brought tears to my eyes. But um, God is fun. He is cool. God is like my dad, but he is a little more good. <laughs> I did not put names on purpose because I did not want to hurt people's feelings. But don't worry, that was not our children. Um, God is happy. God is powerful. He's good. God is Jesus. That was from a two-year-old. Oh my gosh, it was so cute. God is Jesus. God is kind but stern. God is loving. This was also from a two-year-old. God is red, blue, and a little orange. He's like my sister's because they take care of him. And God really likes doing puzzles. That's this little boy's favorite activity. But I could just imagine this little two-year-old who like sits and does puzzles and imagines God with him. God with him, so cute. God is like my mommy. He likes my mommy and he likes people. He's big, yellow, and white. He treats people nicely. God is mighty and strong. God, God is like the kindest thing. God is like having the most money in the world <laughs> and more. God is pure love. He is like a rock in a storm that you can hold on to so you don't get swept away or like a shelter that is dry and safe. I love our kids, man. I love how they get who God is. And how they connect that to Jesus. So how can we know God's character? Jesus reveals it to us. Also, the entire Bible. Read the entire Bible. Don't just take a little piece out. 
right? If you only took those pieces where God gets angry, you wouldn't realize that 200 years went by that he was trying to bring them back, right? Read your entire Bible and no pressure or anything, right? Like, uh, we can also know the character of God by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit came to help us do just this, to help us know God better. And also nature. You can see God reflected in nature. And what keeps us then? What keeps us from knowing God's character? I thought of a bunch of words that start with D. <laughs> I don't usually do this, but it's fun. A decrease in desire can keep us from knowing God. And so this morning, especially, I just feel like we should pray that we should bless in all of you. And I'll do this at the very end, a hunger for God. Sometimes we just lose our desire, right? We get in that place of like, you know, I, I don't, I just don't really care. I'm driving the bus. I'm doing good. And we just lose that desire. So I am going to pray over you all today that there would just be this increased hunger of God, who are you? Who are you? And you can ask him, God, will you show me who you are? Also doubts. Doubts can keep us from knowing God. This is totally normal. My sweet little eight-year-old girl the other day said, mom, she was really angry about something totally different. Mom, how can I undo my baptism? And I was like, what? I'm a pastor. You can't undo your baptism. Um, she, she was doubting. I, I, I don't think he's real. I think you're lying to me. And I want to undo my baptism. And I'm like trying not to cry and trying not to freak out and think of all these things to convince her and like going through all my apologetics and just felt that sense of like, shh, shh, just don't say anything, Emily. I just said, Maggie, that's really hard. I'm sorry you're doubting. That's really hard. And then she was having such a bad day that I decided, you know what? I'm just going to keep her with me. I was supposed to go have coffee with a friend, just me and this good friend. And I was like, you know, I'll just bring her. She was a wreck. So I called my friend. Can I bring my daughter? Sure. Well, on the way, I'm praying, God, please, can you meet with Maggie? Please, can you just, can you take that doubt? Um, and honestly, I didn't have much faith or hope that he would do this, but oh my goodness, God is good. Because would you believe at this coffee date, the person that we were with shared this amazing story about someone in her life deeply loved who was dying. And she was, as she was fading, this person that she deeply loved met with Jesus. And Jesus said to her, do you want to go back home or would you like to come and live with me? And this person said, I would like to go back home. And Jesus said, she wanted to be with her family. Jesus said, well, it's going to be hard, right? And, the, and she said, yes, I, I want to go back be with my family. So this person did come um, back to life um, or was on the edge of, anyway. And Maggie's listening like this. What? She, she saw Jesus? right? Like he's real. And I'm like trying so hard not to cry my eyes out because how good was God that he met my little girl right then and there with her doubts, right? Now I'm not saying God will do that for you all the time. You may have doubts in your mind that you have struggled with for years, but I do pray that over time or however God wants to do it, that he will just answer every question in your mind. And if he doesn't answer every doubt in your mind, that at least he gives you peace to wait.
for the answer at some point. Doubts. And finally, distractions. Distractions can keep us from knowing God's character. That's like really simple, right? We can get too busy. Uh, But another distraction that I want to um, bring out to you is something that can keep us from knowing God is if we compare him to our earthly fathers. Now, most of you are probably thinking, well, that's silly. Of course, God's not like my father, but we do it without even realizing that we attribute God, uh, we look at him as our earthly fathers. If you had a good father, well, that's nice, but I'm sure he wasn't perfect. And if you had a father who wasn't so great, I'm sure it's tough to see God for who he actually is. But I can promise you God is not like us. His thoughts are way higher. He is total love, total goodness, and in him there is no sin or brokenness. So today... Uh, I want to invite the worship team to come on up. I want to give you a challenge, um, but also leave you with a picture in your mind. So the challenge is to read Isaiah 40, again, Psalm 40, Job 40. Uh, I like the number 40. But they all will talk about who God is. So just spend some time, meditate on those passages um, to learn more about who God is. Um, And as the worship team comes up, though, I do want to leave you with a picture in your mind. I had this image Um, in my head as I prayed for you all and what God might want to do today of a staircase going up the stairs to meet with God. Um, And just as you climb the staircase, some of you are just sitting on the stairs like you're exhausted, right? Like, I can't go any further toward you, God. I'm just exhausted. Some of you are stuck with distractions and stuck with doubt. And so I just want to encourage you as we worship this morning, try to take one more step up toward God. Just a little step. Ask him, God, how can I know you more? Can you show me a little bit more of who you are? I want to know you, God. So let's worship. And uh, during or after the third song, we will have a time to take communion. And uh, so as we are worshiping, if you do want to go back, there are communion cups if you did not um, grab one Uh, this morning. So let's worship and ask God, help us to know you more. God, and would you fill us, Holy Spirit, with a hunger to know you more? Thanks again for listening to the podcast of the Vineyard Church, Chester Springs. We hope you share this with your friends and family and subscribe on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. See you next time.